Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to Are You Talking R.E.M. Re-Me. But before we get to that, Adam and I want to tell you that there is great news for Kevin Smith fans. Oh, You can now hear the full archive of Smodcast shows like Fat Man on Batman, Jay and Silent Bob Get Old, and Hollywood Babylon. In Stitcher Premium. Listen to all the latest episodes of shows like Smodcast, where Kevin and his longtime collaborator Scott Mosier discuss everything from Rick and Morty to Colonel Mustard and any other absurd topics on their minds. There are hundreds of episodes in the Smodcast archives, and if you can't find them anywhere else, you can't find them here, which means you can't find them anywhere else. Okay, you read that wrong. It's and you can't find them anywhere else. Not if you can't find them anywhere else. I, I understand. Dummy. <laughs> it sounded cooler that way. <laughs> it's wrong. <laughs> Look, check them out with a free trial of Stitcher Premium. Go to stitcherpremium.com slash smod. That's S-M-O-D. Use the promo code R-E-M. You're going to get a free month of Stitcher Premium. Chronic to collapse, town and into now, respectively, that is. This is our You Talking R.E.M. Re. Me? Whoa, is there a robot in Scott's place today? This is. Hello, Adam. Hi. Uh, The comprehensive and encyclopedic compendium of all things R.E.M. This is good rock and roll on music. What? Sorry, we haven't. I am programmed to discuss. Exterminate. Wait. Exterminate. Wait, what? Exterminate. No. No. No! The end. What a weird way to uh, begin a show if we were both murdered. Oh, man. I would love it. Hey, welcome back. We're here. Eh? I would love if you were murdered. What? What's so weird about that? Welcome back to the show. This is our, what is this called? Are you talking R.E.M. Remy? It's been a minute since you and I have sat across the table from each other. Just hold on. Hold on. How long has it been? Let's do the math. Okay. Let's do the math. One plus one equals... Wait a minute. You're a computer. For now, maybe I am. Um, well, it's only been a week since people have heard us, but we sure. we took a... We were on a break. We're on a break. We're on a break. We're on a break. Did you ever audition for Friends? Yes. What part? Um, let me... Think here. One of the actual friends, or no, no, no. Okay. I, I want. I wanted because I would have gotten gotten that role. But you uh, would have gotten the role if you had auditioned for. Oh, sure. Of yeah. Ross or Chandler yeah. or Joey, oh, any God. of them. Yeah, yeah. Had yeah, yeah. you just auditioned for it? Yeah, if I just had the chance to audition, sure, for it. you would have gotten. It. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I, I certainly would not have, and 
the role I auditioned for, I want to say it was Phoebe's brother, but it wasn't. That was Giovanni mm. Ribisi. Right, right. That was his part. Giovanni Fabizi. It was something really small, that, something that was like a couple of lines. Something really small, so matching the size of your penis. Exactly. Okay. Um, but I don't remember what There are was. no small actors. There are just actors Only with small, small penises. penises. <laughs> I remember one of my first auditions after I got an agent. I went in. My agent was like, how'd you do? I went, uh, yeah, good. I'm sure I'll get a call back. He was like, what do you mean? You really feel that strongly? I go, no, I just, I was good in it. Yeah. So... Like, I learned my lines. I did it. I'm a good yeah. actor. I'm sure I'll get a callback. <laughs> He's like, let me, why don't you sit down for a second here, Scott? Uh, Do you remember what it was for? I don't know. It was probably a commercial or something. There was only one time that I was like, oh, yeah, I nailed that. I'm, I'm, they're going to give it to me. And you got it? And I got it. What yeah. was, it was that? A ju- it was a just shoot me episode. Okay. Like, I went, I went in and I remember it was like me and Brian Posehn and a couple other comedy guys. And I went in and I did the, the role in a way that it wasn't written. Yeah. I did something really weird with it. And yeah. they were like, that's interesting. Then yeah. they like called people in to come watch it. Yeah. And, and they were like, look at what this person's doing. <laughs> yeah. They were like, this is really interesting. And then they liked it so much they wrote all new lines for it yeah. and wrote, you know. Yeah. Was, wasn't Posehn already, wasn't he on that show? I think he was on as three different characters even, but he hadn't he hadn't been on as like his regular guy yet. Oh, okay. okay. So this was like coming right off of Mr. Show where. Oh, so yeah. he played a couple different people before he landed the role. That, yeah. That's so funny. I was, yeah. I played two different characters on Boy Meets World. Really? Yeah. I played teen with guitar and then <laughs> and then like six months later I played teen Griff. without guitar yeah <laughs> teen without a guitar it's, and everyone's like hey where'd that guy's guitar go yeah. oh that's not the same guy it's clearly a teen wait but in the first part you were a teen with a guitar and what were you doing I was uh, in a in the like ha- restaurant hangout or where it was like a restaurant they would say a bar but they were little kids right so it was like a malt shop yeah, and remember I when ke- the Peach Pit was where the nine hundred two one zero guys? Yes, they all they were all at the Peach Pit was like a, a malt shop. Yeah, like a fifties diner. But then when they like all graduated high school, they had to get like they went cooler. to a club. It was no, it was Peach Pit after dark. That's right. <laughs> they hit and oh where they God. like it turned into a, like a nightclub. a nightclub. Yeah, where the Flaming Lips played. And everything. That's right. Good lord. Oh, good lord. Um. Anyway, we are back. This is Scott Wait, and Scott. Do you not want me to finish my story? About Go ahead. Did you? Did, what? There was more to it. No. There really wasn't. Um, I want to introduce myself. You know me from – y'all know me um, from Comedy Bang Bang. Sure. Uh, just Shoot Me episode where sure. apparently I was really great. Uh, they rewrote and I liked, the And I like to brag about it. Sure. And then actually I – my I think I was there three days, right? Taping day and then two rehearsal days. My first rehearsal day, I ace it. Everyone's yeah. really happy. yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like meeting people on the writing staff are yeah. coming over and, yeah. oh and talking to me. I ace big deal. They the uh, the production assistant or whatever gives me the call sheet for the next day. Sure, um, I look at it. I see my call is like 10 a.m. or whatever. Um, I come back the next day at 10 a.m. Yeah, and everyone's like looking at me weird. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, how's it going? Just like kind of chatting everyone up. And everyone's like, where were you? Oh, no. I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, your call was two hours ago. And the PA had given me the wrong, had given me that day's call sheet. Oh, no. <laughs> Instead. And so I was like, I, what do you mean? I mi-, they're, And they're like, yeah, you missed the entire rehearsal or 
whatever. Oh my god! <laughs> so then people were like upset at me, but the, and they totally didn't believe you that you got the wrong. Yeah, I was like, I'll go to my car. I'll show you the call sheet. They're like, no, the, don't worry about I, it. No, it's I fine. went to my car and I showed them the call sheet. But then I realized all I'm showing them is a call sheet I already got right, from exactly. the previous day. And they're like, yeah, yeah, it's fine, it's yeah, fine, whatever. No one believes you. That sort of thing happened to me once, and they totally did not believe me. Yeah. They didn't believe me. Great song. But my name is Scott, and across from me is a man named Scott. Hit it! Hey, everybody! <laughs> Isn't that the uh, Drive Shaft song? The dr- oh, hey, wait. Hey, everybody! From uh, Lost. Yeah. Hey, was it called Hey, Everybody? That's what I think it they was They were called. an Oasis uh, Yeah, they were like kind Oasis, of, yeah. Yeah, analogy. Very interesting. Very interesting stuff. You know, you, your story about Just Shoot Me reminds me of a guest spot I had on a uh, multicam show. That is a multiple camera show. Indeed. They're, where a lot of shows, they have a singular camera because they can only afford one. Yeah. But if you see a show like uh, Big Bang Theory, sure. they it's so popular. Seinfeld. Seinfeld. It's so popular they can afford more than one camera. Yes. Usually they start with one and then, oh my God, we can afford another one. Then they'll get two. Yes. They go all the way up to about 100. And all the people working on the show are very well liked. They're very popular people because they always have their friends with them. And so there's a ton of friends watching, and they can't keep them from laughing because the show's so funny. So sometimes so you funny. hear their friends laughing. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. So what, which, so which I, multiple camera show was it this? It was called The Closer, but it was not the Kira Sedgwick show. It was a short-lived Tom Selleck, Ed Asner Oh, show. what a duo. Yeah. People were really dying oh, to man. see those two together. Penelope Ann Miller, David Crummeltz. This was a... A powerful cast of uh, characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I had like two lines on it. And what were the lines? Do you remember? God, I don't remember, but I remember. Hi, I, I'm a teen and I have a guitar. Yeah. God, I don't remember. But it was something like I was, I was her, his daughter's date, but I was a punk rocker. So it was freaking oh. him out. It was something like that. Did you, do you remember? Did you have to dress like a punk rocker? Or? I did. Oh, yeah. I had a sleeveless shirt. Ooh, and, punk. And like a mohawk, but they didn't. <laughs> Give me a mohawk. I wouldn't. They just styled cared. your hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just styled it up a little yes. bit. Yes, and like yeah. fake uh, uh, safety pins in my eye- eyebrow. Uh huh. Fake, I- I- fake eyebrows, even. Yeah, fake eyebrows, fake face. <laughs> right. I had a whole different face that mm-hmm. they put on. You ever get that done? Yeah, just yeah, yeah. yeah. F- face-off technology. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, I had the scene in that show, and they were all very nice, but I remember uh, it airing, and the scene was not in the show. Whoa! That's harsh, bro. It's weird, because how do you, in a a multicam, how do they make a storyline make sense if an entire scene is cut out? I don't know. It must have maybe been an unimportant scene in the show. Hmm. Do you remember a show called The Closer starring Tom Selleck? (laughs) Not at all. I know. (laughs) It's weird. It was a whole show. What what year was it? 96 I mean, six or ninety seven. I paid attention to television in those years. Pretty. I mean, I was like getting into the business, and sure. I was like paying attention to it. I don't. I don't remember. I think at it all. was on for like three episodes or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, these early days. Early days of showbiz. You know, I had a show called uh, The Huntress. The Huntress. I did a guest spot on The Huntress. Was that like a? Uh, it was like, a USA. Like like a sword and sandal kind of thing? No, it was not sword and sandals. It was a bounty hunter and her daughter who was a bounty hunter as well, I think. Something like that. Oh. And I played a magician and I had to learn a card trick for it. And I just remember 
the director seeming very unhappy with me after every take. <laughs> oh, I remember this. Did I tell I told you about it? Here's the cast photo of the closer starring Tom Selleck. Oh, let me look at this, boy. Look at Tom Selleck. He's got a just his mustache is jet black. Yep. And he's kept it jet black, no matter how he ages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh wait, who's who's the who's the woman right here? I you, don't know. It looks like Susie Nakamura. But no, it's know. not. It's not? Oh, okay. Or I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, Let's who see knows? here. Let's see. Who knows? Anyway. Anyway, good it's times. It's always fun to show a photo on a uh, podcast. <laughs> yeah, you're showing like a TV guide photo to me too. <laughs> like the cast photo. That's You've been on several shows. It, what a day that is when you take the cast photos. Oh, boy. Ooh! They call them, what do they call them? They call them the, uh, the gallery shoot. Oh, I love That's a good That's an exciting shoot. day. Oh, so fun. So, so fun. So fun. Speaking of fun, we have a fun show Today, uh, we're talking, of course, exclusively about the band. Um, uh, Wait, the, who was it? We've been talking about him for like, this is our ninth episode. Let's go. I'm loving it. Tonight ba, ba, ba. in the house tonight. We're going to the house. We're going to the driveway. Going to the house and going down the driveway. We get in the house by opening the door. Right Open now. The door. I'm doing like go. Migos style ad libs in the back, <laughs> just going like. <laughs> Open. Oh, it was <laughs> Susie Nakamura. It was Susie Nakamura. Sure is. Hell yeah! I'm not racist. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell Asian people apart. Uh, I've had David Crumble, Teddy Barrett, Penelope Miller, Ed Asner, Tom Selleck, created by Ed Dector and John Strauss. Mm. Wow, I'm diving deep. Dector It was and nominated Strauss. for an Emmy? Was it? Wasn't this show on for like five seconds? This is crazy. Outstanding music and lyrics. Lyrics? Lyrics. What are lyrics? <laughs> what, and what, what? Outstanding larynx. I didn't even know that was a <laughs> they category. Just, they took a look at Ed Asner's larynx and they're like, oh, These we got to give an award to this. Um, there's this great Ed Asner story from uh, the Sarah Silverman program when he was on. Okay. I was He was on an episode with me. I th- uh-huh. Yeah, I'm in this episode. Um, so, like, I would say, I actually have a picture of, of him sleeping uh, in a chair behind me, like like during the break in between, I have like me. I did a selfie style, you uh, know, with like me in the foreground and yeah. him like totally asleep in the background. But there's this great, um, there's this great scene where he goes in. He's playing a uh, like former Nazi, I think, who came to America and has been disguising that he's a Nazi. Uh, and he goes in and he talks to uh, someone who knows he's a Nazi or something. And he goes into their apartment and there's a piano there. And he walks into the apartment, and this is not part of the blocking or anything. He just goes over to the piano and starts banging on it, going bang, bang, bong, bang, bong. And then he does the scene, and then he ends it. And Sarah's like, they call cut, and, they, and she goes, hey, can I ask you, why did you do that with the piano at the beginning of the scene? And he goes, I assumed you would put beautiful music in, in underneath it. Wait, he did it when you were rolling? Yes. Like every time? Yeah. Or the first time or whatever. Wow. But it's it's in but he he just assumed that people would put in him playing like, you know, Moonlight well, Sonata or something. <laughs> but then instead I think they used it with just him going bang, 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 and it doesn't oh, make any right. sense. Wait, was this for Sarah's show or for Mr. Show? Sarah's show, Sarah Silverman program. Sorry. 
That's a funny story about yes. Ed Asner. Yes, Ed Asner. I was in a TV movie with he and Mary Tyler Moore. Really? Yeah, it was like a reunion. What was it? Was it like a it mystery was called thing? Or Payback, was the Karen Stanville story. <laughs> and I was her son. <laughs> who's Karen Stanville? She's and a why woman she have who a story? had payback because she was pissed off about something. What was she pissed off about? Do you remember? A cop framing her son. A dumb son, son with a tiny penis? <laughs> yes. A dumb, a dumb. Right, I'm going to get payback for this. <laughs> My son's dick is so small, I must have revenge on the policeman who just walked by. So you were framed for murder framed or something? Framed for drugs. Oh. And I just got out of rehab, so it was really hard right. for me. Uh, to be framed for drugs. Sure, yeah, it's a bad situation. Sure it is. <laughs> you know when you get out of rehab and people are always trying to frame oh, you for yeah. drugs. Oh, yeah, oh my God, it's <laughs> the worst. So I get framed and I have to go to prison. Ooh. Yeah. Did you shoot in an actual prison? Uh, or did you just like uh, put... I don't think we did, no. Candy bars in front of your face yeah, for a close-up. just a couple <laughs> Snickers. Uh, yeah, so... Shooting in prisons listen, is, not, is not fun. Well, you know where we shot it? We shot it in Portland, Oregon. Really? And I hadn't been back until until you and I took our Whoa! little jaunt up there. Oh, I love it. Full circle. Full circle. That was fun. We should take more trips together. We should take we should vacation together. It was a genuine good time. I listen, I've been saying that for years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We should just take vacations, even separately. Just All we vacation. do is this show. Just take a deep breath. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I didn't mean right now. Right now is a terrible time for oh. a deep breath. Oh. Clearly. <laughs> <sighs> Never taken one of those. Take before. a deep breath in fourteen seconds. Okay, great. So we should go on vacation more. We should take a deep breath. Not yet. Just take stock. Of- <laughs> See, that was much better. So good. So relaxing. So relaxing. Indeed. Mm. Speaking of deeds, none go uh, unpunished, especially good ones. And uh, we are going to be uh, punishing ourselves by talking exclusively about the album Out of Time. Out of Time. Today. Out of Time, which is an REM album. Uh, REM. REM. That's That's, who it was. All right. Fuck. I knew if we just talked, we would finally remember. We got there. And it only took, what, 30 seconds? (laughs) Yep. Woo! Um, yeah, just 16 seconds before I took that deep breath is when See, we started the this show. Deep breath is what what really kind of it's like a reset. It's like the, a spiritual you know reset. It is. It's like you know. Do you know you know an etch a sketch? I do know an okay. etch a sketch. It's, it's like a lot taking, of our younger. Shut up! Lit- shut, up. Shut, up. Shut, up. shut the fuck up! It's like taking an etch a sketch and you have a very specific picture on there. You shake it, mm-hmm. clean slate. Shake it like. Shut a, up! Polaroid picture. Hey man, yeah, <laughs> you're you're okay. Yeah, okay, okay. All right, great. Um, is there anyone you want to say hello to before we continue? Uh, not really. Not even your family. Oh yeah. Um, I would like to say hello to my family. What about your friends? I would like to say hello to my friends. I know the fans out there would love hearing from you. I would like to say hello to my fans. Is that it? Um, oh, well, I would like to say hello to you. 
Thank you you're so you're much. You're oh my god, my face is flushed. I know you're you're blushing. Oh my a god, bit. I can't believe I got a hello from you today. You're welcome. You're welcome. Oh wow, yeah. this is incredible. It was a genuine hello too. Hello. It was. It really yeah. felt genuine because a, a lot of times. Um, I know that uh, you'll say goodbye to me, and you always are talking about how you hate to see me. Yeah, you hate to say goodbye, but you love to watch me leave. Yeah, yeah. And like then watching your tush, <laughs> you watch right my little door. bud walking yeah. out the door. It swings from side to side. It makes that really cool noise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because usually there's a lot of diarrhea in there, and it's like <laughs> sloshing right. around. That's right. <clears throat> you love watching it. I love it. Um, but so, uh, yeah, so uh, needle pulling thread. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, what were, oh, yes, right. Um, it was a genuine hello because so many times you hear, I think what you were about to say, so, so many times people are like, oh yeah, hi. Anyway, we got Hi, uh, let's uh, get down uh, to business. Uh, uh, phones, fast-paced society, phones, yeah. Uh, blah, blah, iPads, blah, blah, iPods. Donald Trump. I don't know anymore. Uh, Hillary Clinton, whatever it is. Yeah. Hi, whatever. Hi. But sometimes you just need to stop, slow it's down, again, like, take a deep cares? breath. Like, you know, a lot of times we do the show and it's like, hi, 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 let's get to R.E.M., yeah, let's get to R.E.M., 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 all the time. Why don't we just take a break from R.E.M. for one second and just say hello to each other? Hello. Look Scott, into each other's hi. eyes. Hi. 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 I enjoy being you here. You are my friend. We, we are, are here. Friends. I have coffee on the table. Really, just take just stuff. everything. Look around. I have a... Oh, this, here's this, Paper. paper. Uh, There's. Uh, we're wearing clothes. Clothing. Th- th- we're Shoes. in three dimensions. Oh, there's a ceiling. See, really, like yeah, the walls. Are, is there a walls? Floor? Is there a floor? There's floor. There's carpet oh, on thank the floor. God. Yeah, I thought we were gonna fall. No, 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 no. There's a floor here. We're I thought we were in like one of those wily coyote things where we look <laughs> down and there's no floor, no, and then no. we're like, ah. No, we're definitely not. We're definitely not. I mean, because you, listen, we're four stories up. Uh, you better hope there's a floor here because <laughs> yeah. we would fall down. <laughs> you are kind of the wily e. coyote of actors. My generation, the, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My generation, yeah. I totally have always seen that. You have that Thank unpredictable you. quality exactly. that like Jack Nicholson had. Exactly. I didn't say that, but I, I, I'm happy you did because mm. I walk into a room. It's like, what's this guy going to do? It's like sometimes, you know, Uta Hagen, the great Uta Hagen. Of course. Once talked about how you never want to have a live animal on stage because people will just be focused on that live animal because they're unpredictable. And you want an actor to be as unpredictable as that animal. You just said exactly what needs to be said. Thank you. You're as unpredictable as a goose. A goose. Uh, A uh, a cat. A lemur. Uh, nah, I wouldn't go that far. Yeah, not a lemur. Yeah. Anyway, but a goose. A mouse. A little tiny mouse. Like a a mouse that... Uh, is Jacks it? off. <laughs> Jacks off. Jacks on. <laughs> Jack off. Jack on. <laughs> what if in the Karate Kid... <laughs> so Ralph Macchio goes to see Pat Morito... Marita, sorry. Marito. <laughs> Marito. Pat Marito. <laughs> he, he, it's the scene where he shows him how it all comes together. He's like, wax on, wax off. He starts blocking the kicks. And he's like, jack off. And, he's, and Ralph Macchio's like, hold on. What did you just say? So jack off. Jack off. For me. And he's jacking off. And Pat Marita <laughs> just sits down and starts watching and masturbating. <laughs> They're like, let's forget about the karate competition. <laughs> Let's just jack off together. 
Ah, you're listening oh, boy. to that was R.E.M. A long walk. That, for it that. Made, made us laugh, though. Sure. Um, this is a show about R.E.M., of course, uh, exclusively, and we're talking about our, uh, out of time. <laughs> and uh, let's get to it. What yeah, do you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, out of time. <clears throat> we're not. We're not. Uh, gonna... No, we'll, we'll take a break when we oh, right great. before we uh, uh, go song by song. Out of time, huge album. Wait, what do you mean? It was very big. It's hard to carry because it was. So big. <laughs> it was like you know how like records are twelve inches usually. This was like twenty eight inches, twenty eight in inches. diameter. It was crazy. I do remember. It's maybe the last CD I bought that was in the long box. The long box. Well, you know what. There's a little bit of information about the long box. Yeah. Because, okay, people maybe don't know what we're talking about. So when albums were in record stores, they were records. They were, they're like 12 by 12. They're squares, right? Yes. So you'd put them, you'd you'd stack them uh, vertically in record stores so you could flip through them. People know how people shop for records. But um, when everything switched over to CDs, they... uh, felt like CDs were smaller and people would feel like they were getting less for their money, I think is what the psychology was. Not only that, but all the record stores had this... uh, 12 by 12... Uh, slots yeah. in their thing. That's that To me, that was the excuse. They had these slots for 12 by 12 They didn't want to things. remodel every record store in the, in the world. Right. So instead, they made these, uh, I believe CDs are five inches uh, in diameter. They made uh, the boxes for them to be 12 inches high. Yeah. The same dimensions as half a record. It was like record. 12 by five. Yeah. So it was a long yeah. cardboard box. Or and 12 the CD, by six or something, yeah. Yeah, and the CD was in the like... Upper fourth mm-hmm. of the and everything box. else was wasted cardboard. Yes, and it to me it was because they, you know how how like if you really the stuff that people buy is just like if you were if you know how when you buy an iPod it's it's in a box like eight times as big as the iPod yeah. to make it seem like oh wow I'm You're getting a big this. thing. Yeah. Um, I just got the Home Pod. Do you have that thing? No. What is that? The thing you talk to. Hey Siri, why don't you make me breakfast? Can you stick your dick in it. Well, yeah, I mean, you can stick your What is that? Oh, my God, my <laughs> you just, just asked. You just up. said Siri? I just said, hey, it's hey, just, hey Siri, under- can you make me breakfast? What I don't understand why don't you make me breakfast, but I could search the web Siri for it. Siri is you know w- what? garbage. It's worthless. Yeah. I've never even turned it on. But, uh, but yeah, so you get, I used to cut mine up, though, and put, Put the the cardboard part on yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. For the so so like. yeah you but it was a lot of wasted cardboard and and bands that were concerned with the environment like REM would um, get very upset at the long box and say hey can we stop you know putting everything in these long boxes but on out of time the album that we're talking about which came out March twelfth of nineteen ninety one they used that long box for good they sure did on the back of it they put. A sort of little postcard that you could fill out, and uh, it was with uh, Rock the Vote. Yeah. And it was to lobby for... uh, Motor Voter. Motor Voter Act to ease voter registration, which would allow voters to register through the DMV. So when you got like a driver's license, it would automatically register you to vote. And... uh, so many people filled it out and mailed it in that yeah. it, it just sailed through. They they and they feel like motor voter um, registration 
voter registration went way up because of Motor Voter, and they kind of credit Motor Voter with getting Clinton elected in 1992. And we all talk about Motor Voter to this day, so it was obviously very, very influential. Oh, my God. We, There's everyone. not a day goes by that we're not like, hey. Motor Voter, Motor Voter. Motor Voter, Motor Voter. over. Oh, no, motherfucker, motherfucker. <laughs> motherfucker. Motor Voter. Yeah. So, ninth, okay, so March 12th, No, but it is cool. I remember I sent mine in. Did you? Yep. Cool. Good You're for welcome. you. Thank you. Thank you for that. Yep. Um, sent, sent it in. Let's talk about what we were doing in, in 1991. Voter, uh, yeah, you sent the Yes, I know. I yep. heard you. Put a stamp on it, sent it in. Not a big deal, but I did it. So Could have gotten discounts not at the post office at stamps.com. That's all yep. I'm saying. That's fine. Didn't exist back then, 1991. Not a big deal. 27 years ago. Well, sent it in. you could have created. Single-handedly got Bill Clinton elected president. Single-handedly? Yeah. Single-handedly, me. I think he... You. Me. You. Me. All right. Well, cool. Bill Clinton, you're welcome. Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton. It kind of sounds like Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Mother, Brooklyn. Mo- motherfucker. Brooklyn. 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 Bookends. Hey, do you like when he was like, I did not have sexual relations <laughs> yeah. with that woman? Ooh, that's a real good imitation. <laughs> oh, man. Um, okay, March 12th, 1991. Adam, what were you doing? I was a senior in high school. Whoa. And I was about to graduate. About to graduate high school. <clears throat> I was, uh, I had a girlfriend. Rit, tell us about, uh, without naming names, like yeah. you probably don't want to, or do you? Can you talk about her? Uh, sure, she's. Does she, she probably person. brags about it to this day? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, she. Uh, we Look were, at self-deprecating Adam over here. Is this an episode of Yeah Right? I think it might be. Hey everyone, this is Scott. This is Scott, and we're of course in the middle of an episode of Yeah Right. Yeah right. <laughs> yeah right. We are. <laughs> yeah right. Yeah right. Yeah right. Yeah right. Oh <laughs> yeah right. 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 Yo quiero. Yeah right. Yeah right. Yeah right. Yeah right. Yeah right. Luke, yeah, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. See you next time. Bye. Good app. Yeah, good app. Pretty good, pretty good. Not bad. Tell me about this girl. Um, yeah, Leela. We were uh, boyfriend and girlfriend, and I remember- First, first serious Lacey uh, relationship. Eh, Lacey? Lacey. That's right. I forgot. That's the kind of standard <laughs> abbreviation <laughs> yes. for a relationship. Uh, no, not, not necessarily, you'd, you'd but- You'd fucked around before then. <laughs> <laughs> we, I remember being really excited for Out of Time to come out, and there was like a countdown with me and a couple of my buddies for March 12th. A countdown? What do you mean? You were Oh, like, because- like, You were just in, in anticipation, you were excited about it. Yes. Or and, were you literally counting No, it we were literally like, we'd get to school, we'd be like- 10! 12 days. Oh my God. Like that, yeah, we were really excited. That'd be on March 1st. Coming in like a lamb. Out no, like I think a lion. that would be February twenty eighth because twelve uh, March first we'd be saying eleven days. Yeah, I guess so. 
Yeah, maybe. Idiot. One, two, three, four. Yeah, you're right. Uh, so anyway, so yeah, it was a very, we were all excited, and then Losing My Religion came out like a, a month before. Right. So we had that, and uh, anyway. So you got, you, uh, you and your buddies were excited. Who are these friends? Uh, Michael Cole was Corleone. kind of partner in Grand Michael Corleone. It was tough. His to brother Fredo. Fredo wasn't as into REM. <laughs> uh, he was. <laughs> this, by the way, was right before Godfather Three came out. So, yeah, 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 yeah. So this is, I mean, they're busy. Yeah, they're in Godfather the Three came out December like twenty fifth of this year. No, it came out December twenty fifth of nineteen ninety. It came out in 90? Yeah. Are you sure? I am. You dumb shit. <laughs> you stupid dumb shit. <laughs> <laughs> Let me look it up. Anyway, so you and your buddies. So, anyway. Well, how, how did, uh, Le- what's her name? Lisa? Leela. Can you change it to Lisa, L-E-E-S-A, for no, one of our sponsors? No, per- she's a person. I can't. Yeah, just for the purposes of like. For a sponsor? Yeah. Scott, just- I'm not going to change a person's name just to fill your pockets. Fill my pockets. Or line your pockets We're, better. Well, okay. Both of our pockets. Oh, yeah. I'd love to switch sure. pockets. Le- okay, Lisa. Fine. Okay, so her name's Lisa. So was she into R.E.M. or no? By the way, you're right about uh, 1990, December 25th. Yeah, told you. Mm-hmm. Um, Leela and R.E.M. Yeah, I mean, I think that she was politely she much going along with- Much like all of your relationships throughout the years, she yeah, was- Yeah, she was like, sure. Yeah, they're great. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Can you please stop talking? Yeah. And start with the kissing. <laughs> That's right. You got it all right. And um, how long have you been seeing each other? Uh, I don't remember at this point, but I think we ended up going out for like a year and a half or something. One year and one half. It's oh a gosh. long time for a high school For a high school relationship, relationship but yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah. No, amazing. Friends to this day. I love it. Where is she now? I believe she lives in Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Lisa? No, Leela. Lisa from Los Angeles? All right. Amazing. It's all about the Benjamins with this guy, <laughs> Scott. I Ocker. I would love it. Don't you want to see someone else on that hundred? Yeah, it's about time. It's about we time. We get someone else. Cycle it. I mean, we've had like Washington and Lincoln and these boring old farts yeah. on our money for so long. It's we like, need some new blood on the $100 bill. No wonder everyone's switching to Bitcoin. I know. And cryptocurrency. Hey, listen. Blockchain. If it were up to me, it'd all be Bitcoin by now. Tell all me it. about it. All of it. Just get rid of it. Get, yeah. Throw your money away. That's what we're here to yeah. say. Throw your money away and switch to Bitcoin. Light it on fire, people. Mm-hmm. Now, how about you? March 12, 1991. What's Lil Scott Ackerman <laughs> doing? I was in a place called college. Um, I believe, yes, I had just moved up to, let's see, 88, 89, nine, uh, hold on. Okay, so I started college in 88, uh-huh. my first year. Then I, my second year was 89. Then I started my first year of acting school in 90. Oh, so you were So I was in my first school. year, my first year of acting school. Um I was up in Santa Maria, California, and Santa I, Maria. Santa Maria. This is actually a time of my life. I believe I may have talked about it in the YouTube show. Can you do that more loudly? <laughs> well, I'm trying to get this thing. <laughs> You're trying to lean back like a cool guy. You're trying to adjust your mic. All right, there we go. Feet on the table. Um, just kicking back, guys. Just just KB and um, there we go. Ah, oh, so much better. Oh yeah. That's the stuff right there. 
<laughs> Why are you so orgiastic? <laughs> orgiastic? <laughs> okay, so you're in acting school. So I'm in acting school. I think I talked about it in a previous U2 episode of these particular years that I was in acting school. Yeah. I was in school from 9 a.m. till 11 p.m. Um, and uh, Monday through Friday. And then on uh, Saturday and Sunday, we were usually in school from 10 till um, – Whenever the shows would end, four or whatever. Sure. So every single day I'm in school forever. And yeah. so I am not really keeping up too much with MTV, television at yeah. all. I remember a few instances of television where uh, that were kind of important. Those were Twin Peaks. We uh, Right. I'd, Twin I'd, Peaks was a big deal around this time. I'd watched right before I went to school in 1990, in the summer of 1990, I'd watched the first season and it became like this thing Huge. I was obsessed with. Yeah. So once I got to school, I didn't have a television. So I had to find – I eventually found a teacher who was as into it as I was. Yeah. And so we would go over to this teacher's house. But occasionally huh. I would have to go over to different houses. So Twin Peaks was the one thing. And then uh, – David Letterman, when he switched over to CBS, that was the other thing where I was like begging people, please, can yeah. I come over to your house? That was can I 93, watch it? right? That was, uh, yeah, that was still, that was 93, but I was still there. Yeah. So those were the two TV things that yeah, I, yeah. other than that, you're not, other than really. that, I'm not watching. Yeah, TV. I didn't have cable either and, and was busy with like friends and beer and waiting for REM album. I wasn't really watching <laughs> television shows. Right. So I was out of the loop in pop culture. I was still keeping up with, Music in the sense of I was still going to where the warehouse, uh-huh. uh, every chance I got and like buying stuff. But I was like mainly into, I guess, in the early nineties. I remember the Wonder stuff was kind of what like, about a, like Stone Roses and Stone the Roses Manchester definitely stuff. yeah all yeah. into all that. Um, this was pre. Uh, this was pre-Britpop for me, uh, at least. That started in, like, 94 for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, that was later. But, so, but this was, like, Manchester stuff. Like Stone, what was yeah, it? Stone Roses was very, very big. I remember my friend Willie, who was a fellow REM fan, before Out of Time came out, it was, like, Stone Roses record came out the year before, and he got really into that. And by the time Out of Time came out, he didn't really give a shit anymore. Yeah. And I was kind of bummed. That's that he sort of where I was. Yeah. I was, like... And this sounds lame, but like Jesus Jones, yeah, that yeah, was yeah, something yeah. that I was into. I remember sure. and EMF, EMF, uh, totally, and uh, uh, oh, pop. Uh, 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 what's that? That band is EMF, Jesus Jones, mm-hmm. Stone Roses. But then there was that cunt, cunt. <laughs> no, <laughs> consolidated. Was that a band? Oh, maybe that's one I I don't know about. But yeah. Uh, pop, pop the oh fuck! What is the band that I'm thinking of? Pop, uh, Pop Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> um, they sang X Y Z. Pop the uh, 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 God. Pop goes the weasel. This is terrible for listeners because they either know it and they're going like, "Come on!" Yeah, consolidated. That was the. That was the band. Holy shit. They were – it was all really, like, political. It was all, like, socialist uh, – what is the album? Um, I remember also Lenny Kravitz's Mama Said came out right around the oh, same time. Oh, yeah. I w- well, I was really into the pre- the Let Love Rule. Yeah. And then – and I've talked I've, – I've, I believe I've said it on uh, 
this show or a different show, but I think Mama Said is a great record. Yeah. Like, I listened to it again the other day, and I know people make fun of my musical uh, taste <laughs> a lot, but, like, go back, you know, yeah, I I do think Lenny Kravitz is kind of nigh unlistenable now, but that record is really oh, incredible. Yeah, that record's terrific, and there's some great songs on Let Love Rule as well. But I remember Mama Said coming out, and he got big, because uh, there was mm. some hit on that album. Yeah, there was uh, uh, f- uh, flowers for flowers for Zoe. But then there but was the, also um, uh, it ain't over till it's over is the big, yes. the big one. It ain't over till it's over. But also, Mama said was a pretty big song. Yeah, Mama said was good. Oh, anyway, always on the run. Always on the run was great. That whole album is just back to back hits. Anyway, so I was I, I talked about it on the YouTube show. I was kind of over U two. Because yes. of Rattle and Hum and just kind of Bonobos's personality? You know what I mean? Right. Like, just always talking and basically, like, all of the monologues in Rattle and Hum in the middle of songs, South Africa, and all that, I was just kind of over him. Ha- asking the Edge to play the blues? To play the blues, <laughs> yes. Like, beseeching Edge to play the blues. Yes. Like, shouldn't... Shouldn't the Edge by now know when to play the blues? Yeah, he doesn't need someone to tell him. What's Bonobos need to beg him? It's like God, this guy's been your bandmate forever. Like, why does he need to beg you to play the blues? Just play the fucking blues. So, out of time coming out isn't really on your radar. You don't really care. I remember. I don't even remember when it came out. I was in the middle. Losing my religion was a huge hit. Okay, so I know that song. I definitely know. I, I hear that. I've seen the video. I think I'm sure if I was ever at my friend's house. And I have, I do have one memory of going over to my friend's house where he lived with other people who were at, who uh, worked at the school, and seeing that video, and also seeing, excuse me, seeing the unplugged. I think, like, yeah, that was like, everywhere too. Part of it while I was like going over to pick him up or whatever. I remember yeah. seeing part of it, but I, I really have no connection to this record other than by the way i'm in the middle of santa maria which had no radio stations that didn't play top 40 yeah i was just like dying for all they had one station that would play alternative music from 10 p.m to midnight on a sunday and i remember like anytime i would come back down here to la as soon as i would get reception on k-rock or whatever just like i remember the minute i got i drove into la in my shitty car that ended up getting uh, beat shit the shit on. out of <laughs> and just suddenly like fuzzy K-Rock came in and they were playing Devo's Girl You Want I just like turned it up all the way and was like finally I'm out of fucking Santa Maria, California. Did you California. not have tapes or a CD player? No, I had CD player but that was only like while you were driving I didn't have anything. There yeah. was just a radio, right? Yeah. I just had an AM radio in my car in those days. Ooh, anti-meridium. Um, um, this band, by the way, this band name is driving me crazy. Pop will eat itself. Thank you. Oh, pop will pop eat, will eat itself. itself. Yeah, they right. were in that EMF type of thing. Anyway, so they're not on my radar really. Uh, and but you were in. The, you used to be into them. So when losing my religion comes out, were you like, "Whoa, this is different. This is." R-E-M. I was sort of like, "Yeah, that's fine." But the and I was like, "Maybe I'll catch up with that record." But then the biggest problem was shiny happy pe- people right. came out, and I was like. Oh yeah, this is this is stand all over right, again. Right, the reason right. I didn't like them anymore. So right. I never, I bought this album years later. Never have never listened to it yeah. until now. Yeah, b- front to back. Yeah, some of these songs I don't think I've ever heard. Yeah, 
So this is the first time I've ever heard this record, but that's what I was doing in March of 1991. Now, listening to it now, did it did it does it sound like because up it's 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 hard to remember that up to this point a lot of the stuff on this album here is not what REM had previously really sounded like. A lot of no. these sounds are new for them. Everything that came after was kind of informed by this album, but this album really is a turning point. So them. so REM had been on tour for like a full calendar year, I think, before this. Oh, uh, for, for green. For green. Yeah, they like were a year and a half. They something. went to Europe. They went everywhere. They'd yeah. done the biggest tour they'd China, ever done. China, Japan, um, Australia. And they, they uh, this was the longest break between albums that they had taken as yeah. well. So this was, I believe, three years uh, yeah, after after Green yeah. came out. Yeah. So, um, and and when they talk in interviews, they say that Peter had been playing guitar just constantly for the last year and didn't even want to be around an electric guitar yeah. anymore. And uh, so there was another band in this, uh, this, this book that I read who had an electric mandolin. I think maybe we talked about this on the last episode. Um, and he was fucking around with it and Peter Buck wandered into the room before they were opening for R.E.M. And Peter Buck was like, hey, what's that? He was like, oh, it's a mandolin that I, I uh, put a pickup in yeah. and, and made it electric. He's like, can I see that? Yeah. And then he goes – Camper Van Beethoven. It was probably it? Camper. It might yeah. have been, yeah. And then cut to the next album has just electric mandolin yeah. all over it. And he's like, the dude stole my <laughs> yeah. sound. Yeah. So uh, Peter Buck, he he didn't want to play guitar. Everyone just kind of wanted to play acoustically or yeah. mandolin. Bill Berry didn't want to play drums. Mike they all Mills. wanted to switch yeah. Uh, instruments. They yeah. didn't want to do what they had been doing for a year and a yeah. half. So and we they got, didn't want to sound like what they'd sounded like. So we got this, which is out of time, which is kind of... Uh, an atypical uh, sound for them. They also would not go on tour for this yes. record. They said they didn't want to go on for tour. For the first time of their career. In their career, they didn't tour. tour. Warner Brothers, who had just picked them up, um, bummed about that. Yeah. Uh, and yet, it turns out to be the biggest record of their career. And we're going to- 18 million, million copies. And that's, I mean, that's not a lot if you're McDonald's and you're selling burgers. I mean, they no. have billions and billions and it's billions. It's not a lot if you're in the business of, let, let's say, counting. Your job is to yeah. count. Also, it's not a lot, like, in terms of sperm count. Not that big. Not, not that, that big. big of a deal. You, you, you've you kind of uh, not shot your load yeah. if that's it's, all you it's have. It's what they call low-cum count. <laughs> LCC. Yeah. <laughs> but for selling records? For selling records? Nothing to, uh, nothing to nothing. sneeze. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. You really sneeze. I, anytime anyone says, Ugh! by the way, anytime anyone says that word, I sneeze. Look, we're going to talk about- uh, Sneeze. We're going to go song by song when we come back. We yeah. need to take a break. All right. But this is the biggest- Sneeze. Al- this is the biggest album of their career. We're going to be right back with more. You talking you two to me. <laughs> you talking you two to me. Oh, hey. <laughs> Sneeze. Hey! Determination. Hustle. Thrilling action. Rec League basketball. Pistol Shrimps Radio is back. 
Adam, you like the pistol shrimps? Oh, yeah. I bet you do. I mm. bet you do. Pistol Shrimps Radio, a fine, fine podcast. Uh, very funny. Wherever fine podcasts are downloaded, if you don't know the show, Mark McConville and Matt Gorley from Super Ego. You know those guys, Adam? You ever met them? Uh, I believe so. They're nice really funny. guys, funny people. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And uh, you know, I'm from Super Ego, plus a million other great podcasts, like I was there too. Um, they record live from the Los Angeles Women's Rec Basketball League. So games are going on, and what they do is they call the courtside action as it happens, whether they know anything about basketball or not, and as it happens, they do not. Just like uh, Mark and Matt, this show is really funny. I mean, they hosted, so I hope it would be funny just like them. It would be weird (laughs) if it wasn't. Uh, Weird cop. This is weird copy. It is weird copy. You know what? I'm going to throw this copy out the window and just come up with something. Okay, just, just come up with anything, okay? Like, what would you say about the show? Uh, if you... I don't know. They make ridiculous and absurd color commentary. That's accurate. Yeah, that's pretty good. Do you think they do? Yeah, I, I would say they do. I know that they cheer on Pistol Shrimp's athletes like Aubrey Plaza, Stephanie Allen, Maria Blasucci, and Amanda Lund. Wow. I know that. Cheer them on. Uh Uh-huh. So uh, if you want to get in on the most thrilling, almost sports event of the season with Earwolf's most ignorant sports announcers, subscribe to Pistol Shrimps Radio now in your favorite podcast app like Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or, I don't know, wherever you listen. Podcastaholics. Welcome back. What is this? This is Papalit itself. I was just, when I was in the bathroom, I was listening to Consolidated. Oh, yeah? How was that? Not good. <laughs> I mean, this, just imagine wearing, like, bright, kind of day-glow, baggy oh, clothes. Bringing me Dancing right around on ecstasy. All right. Um, I also, by the way, in 91, was very into Jane's Addiction. Uh, oh, my God. So that was, like, Jane's the Addiction. hugest record. We would uh, do whippets and Yeah. This Dalo, uh, ritual just came out, right? Yeah, 91. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what, maybe Nothing's, it was just about to come out in the summer. I can't remember. I, came, Let me I look think it that up. came out in 90. Oh, Ritual came out in 90. Right, right, right. So, yeah, yeah, you're right. Because but then Nothing Shocking was had been out for a while. That had been out since, like, yeah, 89 or something. Yeah, like that. It, they those were just albums. Huge. How are the? I haven't listened to that stuff in so long. Um, and that first album that's like sort of live. Yeah, really just good. Jane's Addiction, self-titled. It, they're they're really good. I mean, it's you can't. It's so hard because you just got to like transport. Anyone listening to it now would probably yeah. be like, "What's the big deal?" But at then, I remember I was over at over at my friend's house where we would have parties all the time, and um, my I was like, girl "You likes to party all the." It was my friend Eddie Murphy. Mm-hmm. And um, and I was like, "Look, please stop doing Gumby for one second while I and play you this to record." This music. <laughs> but no, it was the same with you, like putting headphones on people. I was like, "You got to hear Jane's Addiction." Yeah. And he was kind of a like a Led Zeppelin-y stoner. I'm like, they're the new Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Yeah. And what people don't remember is like around this time, music was all kind of elect. It was all like this. Like it was yeah. very. It was very artificial drums and stuff and so to hear a band doing rock like, and roll rock and roll riffs was just you know huge that was really good rock and roll music rock and roll uh, music. yep that was too bad they only put out two good records it's i just because, can't, i just can't believe they never put out another well you know what it is album the, the bass player no they put out records they put yeah, out records but the bass player left Eric i never Avery. i never knew how instrumental he was in their sound until uh, me and tall john went to go see them when they reformed and with flea playing with no them? no with with eric avery oh. playing with them and john was telling me that all the songs were like 
based on bass riffs that he wrote before ever getting together no, with no, the guys. No, no, no. And when no, you listen no, to James yeah, Addiction now, yeah. they all start with a bass riff. Totally. Unlike other songs, which are like guitar riffs or whatever, yeah. it's always just a do 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 do. You know. It's and incredible. and so he wrote all that stuff, and yeah. that's why they were good for two records until he left. Anyway, welcome back. We're talking about REM. Exclusively. Exclusively. And nothing else. <laughs> out of time. All right. So out this of is, time. This is a record, by the way. They uh, It's called Out of Time because they were working on it and they didn't know what the title was. And until the very last day, the record company called them up and said, hey, we need a title today or else your record is going to be pushed back. And uh, I think Mike Bills or something said, oh, man, we're out of time. And they said, okay, make it that. Yeah. But then they – came to feel like the record itself and the way it sounded was a bit out of time as far as what was going on with not music. contemporaneous yes, yes. not a, not like pop will eat itself not certainly. like pop will eat itself <laughs> or consolidated or consolidated <laughs> it was very much its own thing mm-hmm. so this record uh is it's the first time i've ever listened to it what do you yeah. think should we should we just go through song by song yeah, and why then not? talk about it afterwards why not it's it's funny because it starts with i feel the the only song uh, uh, on the album that that maybe doesn't quite age as well as the rest of it. I hate it. Let's listen to it. Hey, I can't find nothing on the radio. Uh, you'll turn to that station. I like this part. Me too. The guitars sound great. Uh-oh. Should we get to okay, the wait, 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 right here? See this stuff. This is good, right here. This part is good. It's Should like we... big, majestic arena rock. I'm gonna fast forward to the rap. That's the very end of the song. I think I skipped it. Hold on, let me go no, back. No, it's at the very, very end. It's at the very end. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> no, no, no. Here, this is good. This is good. This is a nice break. Nice, big, majestic moment. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, hey, hey. Let me do that with you. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey. Hey, 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 hey,
That, of course, is the great KRS-One. I mean... Okay, so here's the here's the thing with Radio Song. It's... On, on one side, you can look at it as a conceptual David Burnish... Uh, song about how manipulative and stupid radio uh, pop songs are and uh, big hits on the radio. Um, and it itself is a big, dumb pop song called radio. So, you know, there's that okay. aspect. To I'll, it, which, pa- I'll pass on that. Which, <laughs> no, but <laughs> that does pat. That's, that's part of it. Right, right. Yes. And I do feel like there are sections of the song that still hold up that I, I like, like the a guitar lot. part of it but I, I I when you say it doesn't even hold up like I remember listening to it at the time saying this is what is this this is an older style of rap you know what I mean like, yeah the the like Booker T sections and, and the verses were mm-hmm. never my favorite um and the KRS one part was never the most seamless kind of it's melding of two styles yeah i mean i've heard much better rap rock combinations (laughs) sure like limp biscuit for instance (laughs) right i i always liked the big shiny poppiness of it Mm -hmm. of the song i like the major key yeah like all that sounds great i love in the song if we didn't speed through it as much there are a lot of big poppy breaks where they go back Mm -hmm. into that refrain of uh, the world is collapsing around my ears, and it's right. really a nice big. And I, I, I like. I feel like they had two different songs, and they put them together. It sounds a lot thing. like that. In fact, listening to some of the demos, it sounds like, oh wow, they had this one really cool thing, yeah. and then they were like, okay, now let's put a breakdown, almost like a a jamming, like funky yeah. part in, yeah. um, which is the the minor key, boom, yeah. boom, 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 yeah. you know, which kind of reminds like a lot of this album. Um, one thing I neglected to mention was I, w- I was in a band currently, uh, and we were playing a lot of coffee shops uh, uh-huh. up in San Luis Obispo. Um, and a lot of this record reminds me of th- of bands playing coffee shops. This is a very like, let's grab some acoustic yeah, guitars and play get, in a get coffee on shop. Stools and, yes. and and get in a circle. So much of this record reminds me of yeah. that, and that that funky part reminds me of like when I was in a band, we did an acoustic cover of Mama Said Knock You Out. Uh-huh. Um, but even like LL Cool J, who was very popular in '91, yeah, that was like a more contemporary version of rap than what KRS One was doing here. Yeah, you know? I mean, there's there is something about it. it. It is weird because it's when I said it didn't age well, it's kind of off because like you just said at the time you were like what the fuck is this it's a little old it, yeah yeah. It, yeah like there's something about it that isn't even of the time that it came out mm-hmm. in it's it's its own weird kind of awkward melding of stuff it that kind doesn't of felt like totally work popular band tries to get hip but you know how when like a popular band i'm trying to think of a band a really one of the biggest bands in the world who will get well, even like you know, like you too, when they when they got Kendrick, like Kendrick is very vital, yeah, you know. But it seemed like there were so many more contemporary rappers that, and Karis One is great, but it seemed like REM sort of like searching for okay, we want a rap section. Who do we get? Um, I think it's genuinely they were friends and they did. Were it. they? Yeah, and I think that I think that um, it not being. 
um, exactly kind of the most cutting edge thing at the time because they they weren't a band that needed to be cool. Right. They were they weren't trying to be cool. They were just trying to do it. They were making. They a were statement. just doing something weird. What they thought was kind of a weird, different thing to mm-hmm. do, and it didn't quite work. But obviously, they felt it worked really well because they opened the album with yeah. it. Yeah. And it was like it, they put it out as a single and everything. It just for me, even as a huge fan at the time, it never totally worked even though there are big sections of that song that i still love. sound great yeah love and i it, love how clean and poppy it is it's a little like a like a novelty song like a weird owl or not not weird no, but like something you, you would hear on dr demeno i i know what you mean there is that aspect and that's kind of bums me out about it because there there is a good song in there like if they had just done a different verse with like yeah you know yeah, yeah. But I still will listen to the song. I don't mind it, but it's not. It sounds the the the. I have to say the other thing: the production style of this record. I know. Like just listening to that part, it sounds much better than their. It's at least in terms of like they, they've added a lot of sounds yeah. to their. Sound. It's a big three dimensional sound. It's really yeah. clean and and good. Okay, let's go to losing my religion. By the way, this is the first. Side, this is the time side. Time side. Yes, here we go. This is, of course, everyone knows this song. This is Losing My Religion. Cody, you know this song? Kevin knows this song. Oh, Kevin, sorry. Did I just call you Cody? Well, everyone is Cody to us. Um, No, but you know this song. And did you grow up knowing this song, or did this thing... Kevin, how old are you? You're 25? So this, and this song is now 27 years, years old, so it came out before you were ever even born. And so as, this is, this, this is, is like, like us th- growing up with a Beatles song in the background or something. Yeah. Or the Beach Boys or Beach something. Beach Boys, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because the Beatles were actually the first records I ever listened to. Yeah. But this is like hearing something from the, or, the, or an Elvis song. The Doobie Brothers or something. Yeah. That's me in the corner. Now this is a class, I mean, you know, I liked it when it came out. This is, yeah. the song, this is a song I heard. Yeah, I would listen to it on the radio. I was like, "Yeah, this is an okay song." Yeah, I'll still listen to this song. Just the songwriting and the production—it's all pretty perfect. I've been listening to it a lot lately. It's a great. They they talk about it being a weird single of it's over five minutes long. It doesn't really have a chorus. No chorus. Um, mandolin is the lead instrument. This is a there hasn't there wasn't a top ten song with mandolin as the lead instrument since Maggie May when this came out. Oh Maggie May, oh wild and it's only you. It's like Neil Young and Fleetwood Mac. And then, fucked and had a baby. And, and Neil Young was like into it. He was <laughs> loved like loved fucking. He was like, loved I want to fuck Fleetwood Mac. Fleetwood Mac's like, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, I want to fuck. I'm trying to do it, Neil Young, mm-hmm. unsuccessfully. Um, it's a it's a really good song, and um, you know, uh, I think I think maybe could have been the opener. I don't know, but it's great. Yeah, it's a great, great song. And it's hard to uh, just explain how huge the song was. It was a number one hit it's all, all over the world. To, yeah, Like, it was the song of the summer. That, you know that what's year. interesting? Listening to those demos of it, um, you know the end, the... Yeah. That's not in it. It just kind of goes. Yeah. And so I'm, and and that's on every version of it. They never figure out the which resolves the chord. I wonder at what point Scott Scott was like, motherfucker, like, why don't you resolve this chord, guys? 
Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a it, the, all their demos, including the out of time demos. I'm always kind of surprised at how finished the songs were in the mm-hmm. demo stage. Like they are written and ready to go. Right. Some of the lyrics are unfinished, but like they really like had this shit. Ready. It was just a matter of cleaning it up and really. There's a lot of versions it. of radio song without KRS One if you're so inclined. Yeah. We should play, after we go through it. We should play uh, I don't have little them. bits of those demos. No uh, thanks. I have it all. Pass. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's go to low. This is track three, and we'll talk. We'll we'll. I mean, I want to discuss this. So this is this low. song. Yeah. Very coffee shop on the bongos. Yeah. This they played this on the Green Tour. Oh really? Yeah. I think this is Bill Barry on bass, maybe. Mike Mills on on bass. BB on B. Or maybe it's Peter Buck on bass. PB on B? PB on B. That was another thing. This album was the first one in the liner notes. It says who's playing what. Who actually played what? Oh, wow. I bet you jacked off to that. memorized it at one point. Yeah, this is a weird song, especially for, like, number three on the record. It's a really weird... Well, you know what? I was... And they didn't really play it beyond, like, unplugged and promoting this record. They never really played this one again. It's... It's not even really a song, I would almost say. It's a song. It's just, like, them really trying something. Obviously, it was a bold move. Because they played it on the Green Tour. Don't get so (laughs) defensive. But... Yeah, it's you know keep it keep playing it. I mean, it gets it picks up a little bit here. In between, mm. down below, oh, daddy. Low, it's very. Low, uh, it's not the most dynamic of the songs, but it. This is pretty here. I skip the part. So he's singing. He's singing in an octave below what he normally sings in, uh-huh. which you know the song's called low. Yeah. So maybe he was like, "Shit, I guess I'm supposed to sing this low." Let's do this one low, boys. <laughs> one, two, <laughs> two, one, three. two, three, four. Low, 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 Um, I was kind of. I've I've never heard this record front to back. So so you never really heard this song. I never probably. heard this song. No. Yeah. Um, I actually was trying to put myself in the mindset. This this album had sold 18 million copies. This yeah. is when a lot of people. I mean, people had heard the one I love, sort of maybe, and then they'd heard. Yeah, yeah. This is they'd a heard lot of people's introduction. Green, but this is yeah, so many people, and this is also, by the way, this is where Michael Stipe he sort of didn't green too, but this is where he starts taking the responsibility of being the front man and the mouthpiece of the band seriously, and starts talking about politics and starts um, watching that movie that you sent me. There's a lot of clips of him doing press for this where he's talking about a variety of issues. He's talking about handgun control. He's talking about choice. Um, But this album is all love songs. There's no politics on the actual album. But he is, he he has become, he has become the sort of person that people, that, you know, alternative music people can listen to and go like, wow, he's talking for our generation. Yeah, 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 yeah. So to me, this record so far is a really... I, I was I was putting myself in the mindset of someone who's like, I love losing my religion. Yeah. Michael Stipe, he says what I want to yeah. say. Let's throw this on. And it starts with like a novelty song yeah. and then a song which is a classic. Yeah. And then 
a weird, uh, you know, kind of kind of talky. Slow it is song. a really weird song to be on an album that sold 18 million copies. And then track four, let's go to track four. I'm like, okay, get me back, Michael. But they promoted it as a, an album of all love songs, no yes, politics. Yes, they were upfront about it. Yes, yes, but you know what I mean. He's like a guy that if you're if you're in college and you're you know getting into REM, you're yeah. like you, and you've seen Michael Stipe out there talking. Anytime he he has a microphone, now yeah. he's talking about social issues. Yeah, um, you know, I mean, it seems like you're like I love Michael Stipe, and then it's a weird album because yes. track four now is is. Mike Mills singing. Yeah. So let's hear it. I think this is great. I love this. I love it. It sounds great. Um, Wearing it, their Beach Boys fandom on their sleeve. Um, it's got like uh, really well-produced guitar sounds. Yeah, it's incredible. It is weird, though, that it's track four and we're still like, hey, I want 10 songs of like Mike Stipe like doing his thing, and I've only gotten one at this point. Well, he's sing. What, what do you like mean? If, like, if, if I'm a Losing Your Religion fan. Right, right, right. I've only gotten one song where I'm like... Where hey, he's this really is, doing it. Well, yeah. it's a different thing. I mean, there's still got a bunch of album to go. Sure. Have you seen the video for this one? Uh-uh. It's like it look it's like a postcard from the 90s. Like mm. the style, it's so early 90s, it's crazy. It's like a everyone wearing hammer pants. It's just the photography, everything about it feels like a uh Pepsi commercial from 1991. <laughs> I, those are my favorite Pepsi commercials. Oh, yeah. No, that's a great song. It's really... It's cool. Um, really cool. Why, why isn't Michael Stipe singing it? Do we know? Um, well, I know with Texarkana, the, the other song on the album that Mike Mills sings lead on, Michael Stipe had written lyrics and a melody for that one, but they just liked Mike Mills' mm. better and just went with his, but kept the title from Michael Stipe's version, Texarkana. Mm-hmm. Near Wild Heaven, I don't know, but he's singing back up in the chorus. Singing back up, but yeah, it's like I don't know. It's I mean, it's well, it's great. kind of Beatley that the, for this album they're yes. kind of switching lead singer a little bit, and yeah, it's just different. At what point did you? I always thought that the, it was the same person singing every Beatles song because they would Me always too. change their voices anyway. Yeah. It would be like, I think, I'm Paul McCartney, yeah. I'm singing like this now. I'm a carnival bark barrel. I think when I got really into the Beatles in high school, in high I school, started I started going like, oh, out. this is John actually singing yeah. this, and this is Paul singing this, yeah. and this is who are the other people? There, there were there was just those. It two. was just those two. Yeah, and they did different voices for. The, yeah, and they had alter egos. Rango as a quote George Harrison unquote. <laughs> uh, 
Um, okay, this is the final song on the first side, the time side. This is Endgame. This is an instrumental. This is an instrumental. You know what I mean? Like, side one is weird. Oh, I did the calculation once. I did calculation. According to my calculation. Because low and belong were both played on the green tour. So those were done. Then there's Texarkana, Near Wild Heaven, and Endgame that he, that Michael Stipe uh, did not have to, did not sing any lyrics. Mm -hmm. You know, so that, he only had like five songs to really like focus and write lyrics for because so he's lazy <laughs> that's exactly right well also he's saying like i only want to do love songs did he fall in love with the guy that he was with for a number of I don't years know. Around i think now, he or? wanted to do something outside of because at that point they were expected to be this big political, political band, band i think they wanted to he was kind of defensive about that he's like no i'm only doing love songs yeah um, but but he but he only but one song's about the radio and then yeah, <laughs> and then he only. But the radio, for the like radio song is about love songs and how manipulative and yeah and dumb they are. Um, but a we a very I I I didn't know anything really about this record other than the couple songs I'd heard. You know, yeah. uh, I knew I had heard radio song. I'd heard uh, losing my religion, shiny yeah. happy people, and Texarkana. Those are yeah. the four songs that I that I'd heard before. I definitely after side one was like this. Album is fucking weird. It's weird, yeah. And I know. no one has ever talked about this. All I knew about it was like, this is the one that's so popular. Everyone I like, and it I, is very I weird. I came into it thinking it was all losing my religions with these shiny happy people and uh, radio song kind of irritating songs. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's probably like eight more losing my religions. At this point, I don't know what to think. I know because wait, but put Endgame back on. What did you think of that song? This like pastoral instrumental it, it's really bizarre and it's like four and a half minutes long it's not just a little um, I was listening to it today I'm like it's fine it's definitely them just diving today I was listening to it it's them diving into something different but really indulging it oh yeah I mean it's they're it's you hear the plucking of the yeah. the violins and it's bringing like, in the oboe and the I, I honestly this record sounds like a b-sides record to me like this sounds like a cool b-side well, yeah. I mean, this is an odd song to to put a, a full instrumental on. This this sounds like a song you would put on in between like two rocking songs or whatever. Yeah, like on like automatic at, for the people they have an instrumental, but it's like a minute and a half. Or, long the, or, or that something. one on Life's Rich Pageant at the end. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. a bridge song. Yeah, and instead it like closes an I entire know. side. I you know. know they are they were really making a statement that we are doing something different from now. I mean, it's like an, they have an orchestra playing with them. It's completely weird and different. But that's what, the, you know, with the White Album, they did weird, you know, it's it, it was a Well, big the White Album, though, I mean, turn. they had, you know, close to 80 minutes of music. Yeah. So they could do a bunch of weird things. Yeah. This, or, was like, this was like R.E.M. put out five songs and then was like, it's like an EP almost. No, it's a full album. It's what eleven songs? Oh, sure, but I, I'm saying ha- five of those songs are like not songs. That's not true at all. What well, we'll so- ta- wait, what songs aren't songs? Even Endgame is a song. It's just instrumental. Yeah, but it's like they did. They what is up with your nose today? I have a cold. You're welcome. Just you're welcome. I thank you for that. Um, no, there's two instrumentals on the record. 
There's, there's one instrumental. No, there's two. There's uh, Half a World Away or Belong. Which one of those is the one where they're just like, ah, or Neither. Whatever? We'll get to it. Anyway, we need to go to a break. No, there's one instrumental on the record. You said low isn't a song, but it is a song. And then there's a there's uh, um, um, one song where he's just like muttering over it. Oh, you mean the Belong where they- Yeah, Belong. Yeah, he's just like mumbles Magoo over no, it. No, it's, there's- Okay, lyrics. you're getting very defensive, and I don't like but it. But you're making things up. <laughs> we need to go to a break. We'll be right back. <laughs> hey, it's Adam and Scott here. And, hey, guys. Uh, you, hey. hey. I was saying hi to everyone. Sorry. Go ahead. Hi, everyone. Hi, guys. Fucking shit. Um, hi. Let me ask you a question, you podcast listener out there. Are you nude from the waist up? I can't I, I give anything. them time to answer. Okay. Give them time. Yeah, they're not going to answer us. Yeah, let's let's just berate them. Okay. Look, you nude from the waist uppers. Ooh, burn. That's like uh, that's like a what uh, WTF kind of intro. <laughs> hey, nude from the waist uppers. Yeah, that's right. Um, cover your naked nips with. T-shirts from the Are You Talking REM Remi Collector's Signature Edition, a.k.a. just the shirts that we put out. Uh, there's two great styles. Uh, there is the one that looks like Monster, not a monster. Don't. No, yeah, we wouldn't want to do that to you. Nothing scary. Nothing scary. These aren't Halloween T-shirts Oof. only. Ooh, you just boy. scared me with that uh, yeah, I'm sorry about comment that. there. Uh, <laughs> um, but Halloween is coming up. So make sure to mark it on your calendars because the rent is due the next day. And you may uh, want to go as a monster. You may want to go as a monster. I never even thought about that. We have we also have the Out of Time style, which is the uh, album that we're talking about today. So uh, if you are so inspired listening to this episode that you want to wear a T-shirt inspired by it, uh, go head on over to podswag.com slash REM. You can get all of your upper torso needs. Welcome back. This is the opening song on side two, the memory side. This is Shiny Happy People. So let's talk about this song. I was watching that movie that you sent me, the documentary yeah. about R.E.M., yeah, yeah. and both Michael Stipe and Mike Mills, the Mikes. The, the M's. Mi- the Mike Brothers. Yeah. Both of them sound like they don't, they're not that into it. Um, yeah, I think they all hate it or were eventually like really embarrassed by it. Michael Stipe says, I don't know, the band kept sending me all this like poppy bullshit. Yeah. And so I was like, all right, I'll lean into it and write a dumb pop song. Yeah. And then Mike Mills is like, it's whatever. It's just like a goof-off song. Yeah. Which would be fine if we just put it on the album, but instead it's a single. Yeah. And then he also mentions the title, which is a big part of it. Like, musically, tune out the lyrics. Musically, it's all right. I think it's fine with the lyrics, too. It's stupid. Something about the title really bugged me and kind of bugs me. Well, yeah, it's... It's really stupid, and it's a joke. 
shiny, right. happy people is is a you know they're I think they're trying to be funny, and right, right, dumb, and the video is really ridiculous. Is, by the way, the great Kate Pearson of the B fifty twos on backups. Um, I think that I think coming off of stand to me, it was just like. You're going to do stand, which is dumb, and yeah. now this is dumb? Like, what are you guys – what are you up to? I think that they realized that, and that's why the next record had nothing – Nothing like sort it? That's good. On it. But I – you know, you don't want to end up being like a novelty band or whatever, but it was a top ten hit. It was a huge hit. It was a huge hit, and it's – it's to be honest, it's the reason I never bought the record. Yeah, because I if it, if if the follow up single had been like losing my religion, I would have been like, God. I mean, they sound different, but they're back. Yeah, but I mean, it was a big hit. A lot of people were annoyed by it, uh, like they were with Stan, but mm-hmm. maybe even more so. But I I think it's a What'd fine. You, really what did you funny think song. when it when it was out? Did you I know? liked it? I mm-hmm. thought it was awesome because I thought it was. I didn't think it was a serious. Right. song or a serious statement. I can see why. It's got a very bright, people, colorful video. They're, yeah, and it's actually, it's a claps. really good, catchy pop song, which is all it was trying to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I get people being annoyed by it. But I don't mind big, dumb pop songs. Like I that. like big, dumb pop. I don't know what it was. I, I well, honestly. it's, it is, it's called Shiny. Shiny. I, I remember I when it the, came out, they said the title is designed to make you, you have to smile when you say it. I'm frowning. Yeah. They were wrong. <laughs> Maybe they were upside they were down. Wrong. They were they were like sleeping upside down like bats at yeah. the point. And they said shiny happy Everyth- people. And everyone, they're like, look at all these smiles. Yeah. They used to sleep upside down <laughs> when they lived in the church. <laughs> okay, so that's that's the first track on side two. Yeah. Um, but if you're a casual listener of REM, you you like that song probably. So you're like, okay. Yeah, because it's one of the hits. So you're like, side one's a little weird, but yeah. uh, okay, side two, here we yeah. go. Shiny Happy People, great, hit. All right, so this is the next uh, song. This is called Belong, and this is what we were fighting about. Um, yeah, this was on the Green Tour. What, why do you think it's not a song? Because the chorus doesn't have lyrics? Well, all, okay, so all they're doing is going, ah, For and the then, chorus. And then, and then a guy's muttering. Well, it's he's saying words. I mean, it's a story or lyrics. But it's not like a traditional song. What's a traditional song? You know, like the Star Spangled Banner. Sure. No, it's not the Star Spangled Banner. <laughs> That's the bar for me. If it's not the Star Spangled Banner... It's not a song. Do a rewrite. Okay. Okay, so it's not the Star Spangled Banner. But I think this is a beautiful song. Yeah. It's very R.E.M.-y. I think it's cool. I just, you, you know what I mean. He's not singing lyrics. He's 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 saying lyrics. Saying lyrics. And then they sing it's like, in it's the a chorus. Spoken, it's, it's like something at a coffee shop. A guy's doing spoken word poetry. And then in the chorus, people are just saying, ah. You if know. you say so. I, I mean, I think that part of what coffee house culture became was because of stuff like mm-hmm. this. Like yeah, they're creating it. I agree. I agree. It's definitely, it, it's just different. Uh, will it's you agree different. that it's different? Yeah, totally. But I think that's a good thing. I think this song being 
weird and structurally different is a good thing. I'm, I'm not saying I mind it. I'm saying that in an album, they're taking risks yeah. on every song practically. It's just a weird record. It's a very weird record. Where it's and like, this one, almost to a T, was on the Green Tour. Like, it's really not different than how they played it every night on the right, tour. Right. And I like the... Uh, Me too. Like, I, I like really all that great. stuff. I mean, I like it. It's just... Not if, a traditional song. In in an album filled with non-traditional songs, it's just for me as a listener, I was like, another one where they're not like... It is weird that the album itself, it overall has a personality to it. But when you listen to it all the way through, it you're right. It is really weird. It's It goes from one thing to the next. There's no real straight through line cohesive like statement almost it's yeah it's like a bunch of it's like a a scrapbook almost of a lot of different ideas and things so to me it doesn't feel like an album as much as that's why when i say it's like a b-side record it feels like a bunch of different ideas i think you're right i think it's definitely a band in transition and automatic for the people is what they transition into Mm -hmm. but i like it i'm i'm saying i like it it's it's one that grew on me i it wasn't my favorite for a long time but I, I love that song now. It's, mm-hmm. I think it's really cool. Here's one that's kind of a grower, not a shower as well. I don't know why, but this is a nice uh, – it's another mandolin song. Uh, this is Half a World Away. Yeah. This could be the saddest dust ever seen Turn to a miracle I lie My mind is racing As it always will My hands tired, my heart aches I'm half a world away Here in my head Sworn to go it alone and hold it alone, hold along, hold it, go it alone, hold it alone, ho ho ho, ho lonely deep Sahara. I like this. Me too. This is one of my favorite. Kind of reminds songs. me of the songs on Green. Yeah. That- Hair shirt and yeah, yeah. you are the everything. Yeah. But it's even more evolved than those. I it feel. sounds it definitely sounds bigger. Yeah. They, the songwriting have, is is pushed forward a bit. It's a nice melody too, though. He's kinda all over the It's like sea shanty-ish a little bit. I love it. I think it's one of their like something you like Popeye would sing. It's something Popeye would sing, but the Robert Altman Popeye. Sure. But I mean he's Jones and for spinach. Um, he's crazy about olive oil. He's look, look, if there's one thing that he loves more than spinach, it's olive oil. And if there's one thing he he really detests more than anything, uh, Bluetooth. Oh man, what a jerk. What a jerk. Why is he such a jerk? He's always all he cares about is kicking Popeye's ass and Although, that to be honest, I bet he had a rough childhood. Yeah, he's he probably has his reasons, but I, you know, that's You know, not what at I'm a certain about. point you have to get past your reasons. And take a look at your behavior and be like, you know what? All I do is I beat up Popeye and I kidnap olive oil. Yeah. I mean, I know I've had a hard go of it, but like, I got to start making some changes. If they had mirrors on that 
island that they all lived on and Robert Altman's Which they didn't, of course. That's I want Brutus to look into one. Take a look. When will they invent mirrors? Half a World Away is a uh, beautiful Stone Cold Classic R.E.M. song. Is this... Did you... you, At your wedding, did you ever play any R.E.M. songs or anything like that? Would Naomi let you? We had uh, Electrolyte on our wedding CD we passed out to everybody. That's very you. Do you know that song? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, well, I mean, to, I, to pass a force to, a CD yeah, yeah. on everyone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> but this was back when there were no. It no was, one had CDs. No, no. This was when CDs were the agreed upon. Yes, format. yes. I just mean this is like you in junior high putting headphones on people's. Yeah. Oh, ears. The, the, that creating that CD, I went. I worked on it for was six months. That's something where Naomi was like, sure, honey, you do this. She was CD. like, fine, electrolyte, sure, whatever you want. <laughs> How, what percentage of people do you think? Cared and actually listened to it? No, I was just going to say threw it right into the garbage as they were leaving. <laughs> A good 65%. <laughs> I would have listened to it. I love it when people make me see It was these. a good, it was a really good, it had like, what is it? Uh who was on it? Who else was on it? Who we else had, we got? Uh, who'd we have on there? We had uh, there was a Bruce Springsteen song. There Which was one? A beat. Uh, hey, little girls, your daddy home. No, waiting on a sunny day. Oh, I like that song. Me too. Waiting, waiting on, on a sunny, sunny day. day. Waiting for we the crowd uh, Bob Dylan, but this really cool Bob Dylan George Harrison collab. Which one? Uh, was it from the Lethal Weapon Two soundtrack? It absolutely wasn't. It was uh, um, uh, it was a weird version of um, it kind of went like that. Blown in the wind. <laughs> Blowing in the wind. Blowing in the wind on a Saturday night. Uh, um. Bob Dylan, George Harrison, they collaborated. This is tra- prime traveling Wilbury's time. No, this was – they collaborated in like the 70s. In the 70s, wow. And it was just for this one odd version of his uh, terrific song called uh, – Was this while Eric Clapton was uh, boning George Harrison's lady or vice versa? It may have been. Awesome. Um, I love that. I love that about those guys. And they remain oh, friends. it was this version of If Not For You. Oh, I love If Not For You. But if have Not you, For You. Have you heard this one, like, version where George Harrison's kind of playing a little no, slide heard guitar it. on it? It's Make me a CD. Great. I will do that. I'm going to throw it away. Terrific. I love that Eric Clapton and George Harrison were, like, cool. They got over it. They were cool with it. Well, he wrote Layla, and, and George Harrison was probably like, bro, this is really good. I'd like to think that if I ended up with Naomi, you would be cool with it too. Yeah, I'd probably write an album. <laughs> a great album, like as good as Layla. Way better. <laughs> and as maybe even approaching as good as the Star Spangled Banner. And then I would marry Kulop behind your okay. back. I'm, and we would be cool with it. And we would be like- We'd still hang out and stuff. We'd still hang out all the time. As couples. <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, this is the next song. This is Texarkana. This is one that I had heard before. Uh, I think I heard it on 
Unplugged or something, and I was like, hey, I like that one. No, they didn't play it at Unplugged. Oh, they didn't? Well, I don't know where I heard of them. But we, I, they I must, played this uh, up in Portland a few weeks ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, they did, but um, I guess in the during the time. I don't know why I know the song. I just... Yeah, it wasn't a single or anything. It wasn't a single, but I think I saw them play it on MTV or something. I don't oh. know what it was, but uh, it always stuck with me where I was like, yeah. I like that song. Here it is. Probably the most R.E.M.E. musically of anything on the record, right? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Got a little tambo. a weird album like this song does not fit with this right. album but it does because the album is so eclectic that it sure it fits this song kicks ass i mean i think it would fit in a in a more traditional album filled with losing yeah. my religions i love this song but at the time i wasn't i wasn't as into it but it's one that i it grew on me over this part the is great hold on that that yeah. sounds like uh, almost like the smithereens in a way yeah. and then you got the strings i know and you got the bridge is awesome because then michael stipe comes in mm. and they speaking of portland the bridge is awesome. oh yeah the bridge <laughs> let's let's get to the bridge and check that shit out okay we can also just listen to the song Produce the shit out of this. Oh, sounds yeah, so good. It's pretty rad. Do you get the sense? I'm just throwing out stuff here. Yeah. Do you get the sense that maybe Michael Stipe was like tired of? writing lyrics or just talking in general or you know in, in watching that movie that you sent me he's doing an interview and he's just like they ask him so what's about uh, you know how much is this a political album he just goes no <laughs> and they go why not he goes i didn't feel like it yeah <laughs> like maybe he, me, i don't know maybe maybe, it, so. maybe he's just like oh god i've just done this huge tour yeah. where we're working with Greenpeace and I'm out yeah. there like making because doesn't he make the same kind of like speeches in between all the songs yeah. too? I think, I think he was probably sick of being a spokesman for uh -huh. I don't know I, have I no don't idea. know yeah but I think getting away from political things were what they were kind of all after right but I think also less songs I don't know the songs he he I mean he's producing as well they all produce the record but mm -hmm. they focused up on the songs they focused on and they were pretty great speaking of great i don't know we'll we'll find out if this next song is great it's called country feedback country feedback fan favorite one two three four see i like songs that teach me how to count i love a good count ah ah Ah, Vaughn. Oh, the With, best instead of getting krs1 get the count get in here the count Hey. Vaughn! <laughs> uh, I can't find nothing on the radio. Um, turn to that station. Do that as the count. Okay. 
I can't find nothing on the radio. Vaughn! Ah, 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 ah. Turn to that station. Turn to that station, too! Ah, 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 ah. You gotta throw counting. So someone's gotta put radio song. Hey, hey, hey! Ah, ah, ah. Um, Here it is country feedback. Another weird song, no real chorus. Other than, um, hold on, here it is. Ready? I walk a lonely road, the only one that I have ever oh known. God. Don't know where it goes, it's only me. And I walk alone. Wow. I walk the empty street on the boulevard of broken dreams where the city sleeps. And I'm the only one. I walk alone. Uh huh. Uh huh. That's crazy. Uh-huh. How did that occur? Did that occur to you just listening to it this week? Just listening to it. There's one different chord in it, but um, obviously that song came out after, much after this. Yeah. But that's crazy. So this is sort of like well, I read about this. This is sort of like just a demo. Yeah, that he improvised these lyrics over. He improvised the lyrics, and then they were like, "Well, I don't know the feel of it. It's not going to get better than that. Let's yeah. just put it out." What do you think of it? I think it's okay. It's like again, it's not tra- a traditional song song to me, but I, but I like it. Yeah. I, I, I you know what? When I read after listening to the record, I read that it's like you say a fan favorite. And people, so I read one site saying it's the best song they've ever recorded, and yeah. I was like, I I don't know if it's all that to me, but yeah. so what? What? Why is it so popular? Uh, I think it's it was such a left turn for them at the time. I remember when it came out, the Spin uh, magazine Doctors. article <laughs> that they were on the cover of Spin before the album came out, and they asked them all what's their favorite song on the album, and all four of them said Country Feedback. Interesting. So I remember when it came out, I was like, I gotta hear this Country Feedback, and it was it's a really cool song. It's really different for them and everything, but um, it wasn't really what I was expecting. I think right. it, they love it because it's so stark and it experimental. Sounds, it sounds a little like what I know of the records to come, like the Patti Smith duets and and stuff. Does that make sense? Yeah, a bit. I sort of. I think it's even starker than than that. This is really as stark as Iron Man three. Exactly. It's very Tony Stark. But I I I, I saw them play it in with Neil Young. Uh, was he, he fucking Fleetwood he, Mac? He was. So into fucking, it was crazy. <laughs> but Neil Young played this long guitar solo over it, and it was great. That sounds cool. Um, it seems like the type of stuff that Michael Stipe likes. Like when I say Patti Smith, Neil Young, that makes sense to me of like, yeah. no, this is like a Neil Young song from the yeah. 70s or whatever. So, yeah. that, you know. It is. It's a it's a, it's a a really good song. And, it, and it's intense. It gets really emotional. It goes to a really 
cool emotional place. And the fact that it was improvised is really cool. It's just very different for them. It's I, I tend to gravitate towards kind of the poppier, bouncier mm-hmm. stuff, but I, I love it. Mm-hmm. But I, half a world away for me wins out over right. something like that. Uh, and also the final song on the record, the um, this song, I think you had tipped me off to when we were talking about how I'd never heard this record. You were like, "So you've never heard me and Honey?" Yeah, that's like, right. Like that was insane. So yeah, I was yeah, yeah. so I was especially attuned to this. Okay. So here we go, me and Honey. Kate Pearson again. Yeah. Looking ugly, looking ugly at me Knew what you were saying, you were saying to me Baby's got some new rules, baby, so she's had it with me You know, the repetition of the guitar yeah. line, it's sort of like pop song 89 in a way, uh-huh. but to me, like a less annoying version of that, yeah. you know, like it is, it's the same thing. It's a bass line, isn't it? I wonder who plays, does your knowledge remember who plays bass of this? Because it doesn't sound as complicated as a Mike Mills bass line. I don't remember. Actually, I think we may have that info here. I love this and Half a World Away are my favorites from this. Like, Me and Honey would be in my top 10 REM songs, I think. Really? Wow. I just love it. It's just a cool song. She sounds great in it. They only played it live a few times. Actually, I think they played it live on the Accelerate tour a couple times, but not much before that. I like it. Yeah. And it's a great album closer. It's a big epic. Yes. I actually think it could be moved up in the sequencing. Uh-huh. Well, let's talk about the sequencing because we have some B-sides to listen to. Now, oh, it's a free world, baby. It's a, yeah, we have that. Yeah, yeah. So, so now I was reading Peter Buck saying, in hindsight, he would have swapped uh, a couple of songs. He always does that with the sequencing like a few years later. Yeah. Now, because I think he was saying like some of the songs were half baked to him, so he would have put in. Um, he was saying he would have put in fretless, uh, fretless yeah. uh, and it's a free world baby. He would have swapped two of the songs for for those. So I would have included fretless. I don't think it's a free world baby is is totally fully cooked, but I there's a lot in it that's awesome. It's kind of like radio song. I feel like. There's he- great sections, but as a, f- it's not fully. Let's hear him. This is fretless. This is this ended up on the uh, until the end of the world soundtrack. Yeah. I think. Okay. Yeah, this is great. Mm-hmm. 
He's got his work and she comes easy They each come around when the other is gone Me, I think I got stuck somewhere in between I wouldn't confide in the prodigal son The die has been cast, the battle is won The bullets were blanked a double up gun I couldn't admit to a minute of fun They come and they come and they come and they come I accepted with the gentle tongue No words spoken, no need to skip They didn't even get to the chorus yet Right, yeah I mean, it's definitely a little lugubrious, but... We should get to the chorus, because it's okay. pretty great. Uh, hold on. Yeah, I, I guess it was a little Baroque. It was like not uh, they didn't want it, the record to be a downer or something. I don't know. It's a really great song. Let's keep talking until it... Uh, okay. Um, a, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Here we go. Pearson again is on this. Yeah, Kate Pearson. She did a whole session with them. This yeah. is her third song with them. So we're two minutes in. Here comes the chorus. Don't talk to me. It's interesting because that, if I was 16, yeah, this is like a lot like the Smiths song. Oh, that totally. when I was 16, oh I was God. like, don't talk to me about being alone. Oh, totally. I like, was 17. I was like, this is for me. You're 17 with a girlfriend. And still feel like, feeling like no one wants yeah. to hear my no one understands mix CDs. Me. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, did I love that song. And it was on a soundtrack, so not everyone knew it. Ah, and so you yeah, could put it yeah. on a... A mix. On, and, and people would be like, what's this song? Yeah, where did he get this? People, yeah, like put it on a mix and people would know every song that our him had put out, of right. course. Yeah. Right. Um, this is It's a Free World Baby. I like this one a lot, actually. Me but too. You, you think it's half baked. Keep going, so. Are you sure? I was hungry <laughs> yeah. when I said I never got to sleep. Hit my head 
That chord change there. Me too. It's so catchy and good. It's a free world, baby. And you gave too much away. It's almost. Hey, hey. It's almost too out of timey to be on out of time. Maybe it has. Maybe, like, because the verse is so kind of ding, 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 you know, like. Maybe the that's why is, it's a B-side, but the verse the feels chorus, unfinished to the me. The chorus is it's great. Yeah. It was on the um, Conehead soundtrack, if I remember <laughs> correctly. Along with Bare Naked Ladies singing uh, uh, Fight the Power. I just remember... Oops, sorry. This is Rotary 11. This is uh, yeah. the sequel to Rotary 10. I remember having to buy the Conehead soundtrack and being pretty pissed off. I mean, it had that great uh, Soul to Squeeze by Red Hot Chili Peppers song on That's it, true. which was a big hit. Oh, wait. Maybe... No, R.E.M. was on the Conehead soundtrack. Why do we know things Soul like to this? Squeeze. That's right. That was a big deal. Why do I know, like, because half we're both... the songs on the Conehead soundtrack? Right. I didn't... Staring at the back of it, I get so many memories of just looking at the credits to the Conehead soundtrack. What was wrong with us? Uh, Totally. 100%. But Free World Baby was also on, it was a B-side to Drive, maybe? It might have been, yeah. In fact, we're we're about to hear- That was Winged Mammal theme. We're about to hear that. This is uh, Winged Mammal theme. I know that. Oh, no, no, okay. This is, this is, okay. Winged Mammal theme was written for- Batman Returns in 1991, which came out in 1991, ended up not being used for it. Um, See, I heard that recently. I don't think that's accurate. I think it is because they say that, like, here's the other weird part of it. They say that it's based on Neil Hefty's original 60s Batman theme, and I don't hear it. See, I think that's You think it's false? I think so. But why would they call it winged mammal theme unless it's like they're trying to say, yeah, we wrote this for Batman? I don't know. Okay, so this is winged... They had a song on Batman. Yeah, but this forever, this was right? written for the or Tim Batman and Robin, the Tim Burton one, supposedly. Like maybe. This is this is an automatic for the people. Well, it was it was on the drive. Yeah, this is on drive single, but it it was written for Batman supposedly, which came out ninety two in ninety one. No, Batman Returns came out in ninety two. Sounds a little jazzy for uh, Batman. I agree. I mean, uh, you're right. Ninety two. What the fuck? But uh, Free World Baby was was on was the B side to to something on Out of Time. I forget which one. Right. Maybe it was Shiny Happy People. Um, this is first we take Manhattan, which came out on a Leonard oh, Cohen yeah. tribute record. This is pretty cool. This is pretty good. <laughs> I remember not knowing Leonard. This is my introduction to Leonard Cohen, so that's cool. They were like turning kids onto Leonard Cohen. Yeah, yeah. They sentenced me to 20 years of boredom. Trying to change the system.
year. It's just I like cool. It. Yeah. They weren't doing like full band stuff like this at the time. Yeah, yeah. Um I like I like this song a lot. Does yeah. someone else do a cover of it? Yeah, I don't remember who. I don't remember who didn't it was uh did you two do one for that? I'm they your did, fan. Thing? Yeah, yeah. They did two songs with him, I think. Um I like that. Okay, this is the last B side we have. This is Love Is All Around, I believe recorded for the Unplugged. Um, yeah, but they also recorded the 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 one that was on the radio the B side. Yeah, this is the radio song. This is the radio version. This was recorded, I think, for um, Rockline. Oh, okay. Live in the studio. I was watching the Unplugged, and it sounded so similar. Yeah, they they played it at all the promotional dates. And so the feeling. This is great. It's a Trog song. We all know it from, of course, the movie Love Actually, which came after this. Sure. And they kind of stole Mike Mills' uh, arrangement here for that. And it was a huge hit for them. Who Christmas did it? is all around. It's Bill Nye. Yeah, but who did the version that was a huge hit? Because it was oh, on the know. soundtrack, and it was a big hit in the UK. I thought it was Bill Nye. Well, he sang it in the movie, but I think some band did it. Oh, my gosh. Don't make me look this up. Don't make me look up Love Actually trivia. I know. <laughs> if, they, if the FBI comes and seizes my computer, <laughs> I'm going to be so embarrassed. Um... So this, do let's wrap up uh, what we think about the record out of time. Um, let's wrap up 1991. They don't tour. They go straight back in to record another album after doing a few promotional oh, things. Oh, Wet, Wet, Wet did a version. Oh, Wet, Wet, Wet. It was a huge hit. Of yeah. course. From Four Weddings and a Funeral. <sighs> Sounds like my pants, pants, pants when I watch them. <laughs> um, yeah, so Out of Time, huge album. Huge hit. They they didn't tour and said, you know what, we're just going to do MTV stuff. And it turned yeah. out to be like, why did we bother touring yeah. the last record? Like, it was so big, well, we don't have to tour, yeah. I guess. Their first number one album mm-hmm. all over the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I... I was people's really first super REM into record, it. probably. A lot of people's, millions of people's first REM record, probably. I, well, I some people's it. last. Um, it's as far as the in their kind of pantheon. It's uh, you know, half a world away, and me and Honey are two Up of my there, favorites. Two of your favorites. Losing my religion, of course. Mm-hmm. I love, I love the album. It, it's not in my top like. I don't know if it would be in my top three or four or five REM records, but mm-hmm. I, I love it. Okay. What about you? For me, uh, this is the first time, of course, I'm hearing it. Yeah. Um, it is, you know, I've had a couple of issues with green yeah. and document. Decide to a document is pretty dodgy for me. Yeah. Um, I think you're right. Some of the highs are really high. Yeah. I have to say, as a record, it's probably my least favorite so far. Yeah. Like, you feel like it's really uneven. Yeah. Do you understand why it was no. I'm as stupid. huge I'm as stupid. it is? Oh. No, but, I mean, do you get why it was – I mean, it's basically I, on the strength of, of losing, losing my, my religion. religion. I mean, you look at the Grammy Awards, you know, they're up for so many Grammy Awards, yeah. and they win three – and it's all just based on losing my religion. No one, you yeah, know, but, the, the Grammys were ba- were given for just songs at that point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like it, you could win album of the year based, and no one has ever heard your record. But, you know. 
if if the album was didn't strike a chord and it was just one song, and would one it chord. have sold? 18 million records, or was there something about this collection of songs that re people loved and recommended I, to their friends? I don't know. And, That's what I can't tell. You were there. You were in it. Yeah. Um, but maybe you were too close to it, but I remember being in uh, Scotland that the summer this came out and hearing Did you hearing see the Loch Ness Monster? It, hear, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I was there. Oh, cool. Hearing near wild heaven playing in the in the out of someone's apartment window like it was this album was everywhere did you like shout up to him like hey, I was like, hey i'm american how are you <laughs> um i think it was a really it was you know like again what peter buck said early on we're the acceptable edge of the unacceptable stuff it was weird enough so people buy it because of losing my religion, and they're like, "Whoa, this is this is kind of this interesting. is alternative weird music." I, I also think alternative music. This was when it started to be be huge. Yeah, this is right before Nevermind and Octung Baby. Yes, and I, I think that REM and U two were two bands that people could be like, "I like alternative music." Yeah. I on one of our next episodes when we talk about Automatic for the People, we'll talk about that a little bit. But um, I, I definitely think for a lot of people, this was like. You know, a lot of people don't like styles of music. They just like music. They're yeah. like, I like music. Yeah. So this, they hear, hear Losing My Religion on the radio. They're like, music, great. Yeah. Like I remember around this time, probably a couple of years before, I was at some girl's house that I barely knew and I was looking through her. Of course, you go over to someone you barely know and you look through their Always. record collection yeah. to see what they like. Yeah. And there's like Edie Brickell and the New Bohemians. And yeah. I'm like, why do you have this? You yeah. know, because I thought she was kind of cool. She's like, I don't know. I heard that song. I like it. Yeah. And she would put it on and sort of dance. It was like mood music. A, yeah. lot, a lot of people, when you sell that many records, I think it becomes mood music in a way. Of yes. Like, and I think Out of Time is a perfectly fine CD to put on while you while you're making pasta over or while you're washing dishes. <laughs> right. You know, it doesn't yeah. interrupt anything. Right. It's, it's kind of interesting. Fine. You're like yeah. grooving along yes. to it. Um, and I think it, people buy it for each other for Christmas because it's enriched their life in one mm -hmm. way. You know, it's mm -hmm. one of those albums that mm -hmm. everyone has. And everyone can be like, oh, Losing My Religion. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to listen to that. Totally. And I think that it's, it's funny, you know, Automatic for the People – there's so much that happens in music between this record and a year and a half later when Automatic for the People comes out. Uh, Nirvana and Pearl Jam happen. The music world completely changes, mm -hmm. and you definitely hear it in Automatic for the People. Yes, they, they it pull was, back from this super bright poppy thing. It was definitely the the people's first entree into what we what pe became known as alternative music. To where people were like becoming a little adventurous of like, oh, okay, it doesn't have to be, you know, what we considered to be pop at the time. Yeah. You know, Michael Jackson's Dangerous album came out around yeah. now and MC Hammer and all those people. It doesn't have to be that. It could be like rock music that's yeah. got a little bit of an edge and yeah. socially conscious. Yeah, I remember uh, went Out of Time knocked Michael Bolton off the number one oh, spot. He's my buddy. I hate to hear that. <laughs> and I think the album that— I'm sorry, Michael. I'm the, sorry. The, I wonder if he's— He's my best friend. I don't know if you remember I know, from I, the right show. Right in the special, He's my yeah. best friend. Yes. I feel bad now. It was Michael Bolton and like Whitney Houston. Those were the yes. albums that— REM was kind of knocking off. The, so it was and a I remember big moment. Ma, well, Madonna's Erotica was like 93, but I, yeah. Celine Dion, Michael Bolton, all that yes, kind of stuff was kind of shit. popular. Yeah. Um, and, and this was the album where it was kind of like losing my religion was so undeniable. People were like, yeah, yeah guitar songs again. Yeah. Not and bad. it was weird to see these guys like at the Grammys with, you know, Michael Bolton and just jerking each other. Michael off. Jackson. Yeah. 
Um, well, that that's another episode. I think a successful one. I think so, too. I enjoyed spending time with you. Again, always enjoy spending time with you. Uh, um, that's going to do it for us today. I don't know what we have next week, but uh, it's going to be good. We will see you then. Bye. And until then, I hope you found what you're looking for. Bye. Hi, my name's Matt Corley. My name is Mark McConville. And we do a podcast called Pistol Shrimps Radio. Every Tuesday night, the Pistol Shrimps play basketball. They're a women's team in the recreational leagues here in Los Angeles, California. And we bring a table, some microphones, and our very selves to call play-by-play basketball action. Mostly we talk about what we want to talk about right. while basketball's happening. Because but occasionally there's action that needs to be reported on, and we do that. But we don't know anything about sports, so if you are not a sports person, good. If you are good, this thing's literally for made for every human being on this our planet. Listen to Pistol Shrimps Radio every Wednesday on Earwolf. Get it? This has been an Earwolf production. Executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Chris Bannon, and Colin Anderson. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Hey, Queeros, it's me, Cami Esposito, and I'm here to tell you about my podcast, Query. You can sit in on hour-long conversations between me, Cameron Esposito, and some of the brightest luminaries in the LGBTQ family. Query explores individual stories of identity, personality, and the shifting cultural matrix around gender, sexuality, and civil rights. Plus, it is fun. We have had some incredible guests. Uh, Emmy winner Lena Waithe? Yes, definitely. Congressman Mark Takano? You bet. Outward creator Eileen Shaken? Yes. President and CEO of Glad Sarah Kate Ellis? We definitely have. We've got celebs. People like Trixie Mattel, Evan Rachel Wood, Tegan and Sarah, the band, and the people separately on two different episodes. We also have activists and change makers in our community i think it's a -a one-of-a-kind show full of chats you have never heard before it's identity it's community it's query you can find query every monday on stitcher apple Podcasts, and spotify or wherever you get your podcasts hear that it's the call of the crave and when the crave calls you know what to do try the five dollar bacon bundle Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave.